This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, hello. We're uh, on the brink of another weekend and heading towards another nationally televised Caps game. Yeah, you know what else we're heading towards is the 55th big game. That's this weekend, probably on like a Saturday, right? Uh, yeah, something like that. I guess it depends on your time zone. <laughs> All right, so what I was referring to is the Super Bowl, and I'm pretty sure that that's generally played on Sunday. Caps fans, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in Sunday's game. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at doubling your money using Sunday night's season finale, during Sunday night's season finale, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Get the app, use code THPN, double your money if a touchdown is scored, which, Polly. You're the football expert. Has there ever been a time where a touchdown was not scored in a, in a Super Bowl? Uh, I cannot say with 100% certainty, but I would say with 99% certainty, every Super Bowl has had at least one touchdown. Wow. So it's basically a lock to double your money is what yeah, I'm reading that's, here. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Fucking A. So – Caps fans, hockey fans, if you're going to watch the game, if you're going to bet on it, you know, I don't know how many gambling fools we have that listen to us, but, uh, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to go out there, gamble some money, do it on DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in Sunday's game. That's not how many touchdowns, just if a touchdown period is scored. It's basically free money. Yeah, it is. All right. Good. So we fulfilled our contractual obligations. Thank you, <laughs> DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings, our new sponsor. They're awesome. Again, do the thing that I said. And, uh, Paul, I guess we should just kind of get into it and start uh, popping tabs, huh? Yeah, buddy. One, two, three. So, Caps fans... Got a great Thursday episode for you. Again, this is our think piece, if you will. I'm going to be honest, not a lot of th- true thinking goes on in between in between my ears. But uh, Polly, on the other hand, has a ton of thinking that he does. He's a deep thinker. And my segment, the Hockey Troll Hip Check this week, is going to be about Cap's goaltending. And it's going to be kind of a positive, yet a positive with like a dark undertone, I would say. And... Uh, Paulie's oh and and by the way it's it's about goaltending so like how goalies come to be goalies in DC and then uh or starting goalies at least and then Paulie what's yours uh I'm just talking about how uh I think that this season uh while every season it there's competition for roster spots why I think this year um it's it's much more competitive than it, it normally is. Absolutely. I mean, 
Uh, I th- we'll, we'll get into it hard, but uh, it's it's quite the year, and depth is definitely an important part of every season. But even this year, uh, the Caps have definitely elected to go a certain style, and you know, m- you know, damn the hatches, I guess, because we're batting down the hatches. Is that what is that the naval term? Batting down the hatches, Polly. Mm, I believe it is. Yes. <laughs> and if anything goes wrong, I mean, it's basically the next guy up needs to, needs to be able to fulfill whatever he needs to do. Um, so, you know, I mean, Polly, was there anything that you wanted to bullshit about before we actually get into our segments? Um, you know, normally, you know, we kind of have something, right? There's something to talk about. I, I just, I don't know. Do you? Well, I think that it's interesting. We were just talking. So, folks, we obviously, well, we don't obviously. It's maybe it's not obvious, but if you if you're a new listener, we record uh, all of our episodes on Sunday, it, primarily so that we don't have to cover uh, the current events except for one day, uh, and we get to basically mouth diarrhea your uh, uh, our opinions to hmm. you. Which is what these this segment based episode is all about is just giving us a soapbox to spout off anything and everything that we want. Uh, so you know it's not about you; it's one hundred percent about us. Yeah, but we were talking as news news breaks. You know, obviously different times. Uh, we kind of at the end of the last episode on Monday talked about Tony D'Angelo, and I really don't want to like bring it up again, but it does sound like. And these are again Twitter rumors. I mean, should we even say it, Polly? Is it? Is it? But is it's? It sounds like it's. It sounds like it's pretty. Uh, it confirmed or not? I don't know. Do you have anything besides a tweet? Around? No, I, I have nothing besides a tweet. But let yeah, we could talk about it because I think it's okay. a bit of a. It, it's something that pretty much every hockey player can relate to. Yeah. So apparently. Uh, th- so we know for sure that there was a altercation, a physical or some sort of altercation between uh, Georgiev and uh, D'Angelo, which caused D'Angelo to hit the waiver wire. Now, we're hearing now that it had something possibly to do with D'Angelo uh, taking, uh, keeping... Keandre's Keandre Miller's puck from his first goal at the Buffalo game on January 26th. So that's like five, four or five days. Um, you know, any NHL player who their first goal they 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 get a they get the puck right. I mean that's a huge thing. Rookie gets his first goal, he gets the puck right. Yeah, um, you know, just to show how big of a deal this is, you know, on, on our low level club lacrosse team, when I scored my first career goal, troll sprinted full length of the field and dug that ball out of the net. I didn't even think about it while, while we're celebrating, he gets up to the ref and he's like, Oh, actually he didn't dig it out of the net. He got it off of the ref. He's like, yo, yo, strike. Just give me that. It was his first goal. Like, so, in club lacrosse in West Virginia, that's a big deal. Imagine scoring a goal in the NHL, how much you would want that puck. Yeah. And you told me, you told me I did that. I'm not sure I did that. 
Did I do that? You really? did. Oh, okay. I, I remember it specifically. So shout out <laughs> to hockey. Shout out to hockey troll for being a good teammate. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's clarify this and say that this, all this is, is a Twitter rumor that we've heard. Um, so we don't want to act like this is a hundred percent news, but I honestly hope that you don't come to us for legitimate news, which yeah. also probably reflects your tastes, which we, that's a whole nother podcast. But <laughs> I, I think uh, if, if this is true, I mean, that's some fucking scumbag shit, dude. Like fuck this guy, get him off the fucking team. You know, you do shit, you do like scumbag shit like that. After your history of being a racist fuck in juniors, then it, it's really easy for people to connect those dots and really fucking just feel very, very uh, able to hate you and, you know, justified in taking their uh, their their disdain out on you in a physical way, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's definitely giving people fuel for their feelings, yeah. So obviously I don't feel like a, a least bit bad for this motherfucker uh just from how he is now. Uh, but just from how he is, but but at the same time like if this is true, I mean that's just uncalled for and I yeah. see why the uh the Rangers have cut him loose, but I think that's probably just all fucking I mean. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. The and I don't know. I don't think that I don't think we need to go any further. Like this mother. I mean, if it if it ends up being, you know, what we think it is, and he's never going to play in the NHL again, I think that we should just kind of wash our hands of him and his bullshit. Yeah, uh, we, he should never come up again. Right. So, but we'll he'll see. probably find a way to make himself relevant. <laughs> Maybe, uh, but we'll see how uh, we'll see how things go and and. In the upcoming upcoming days and weeks, but well, with the big game coming up, who's your prediction? Kansas City or Tampa Bay? I think Tampa Bay, dude. I think Brady's right. just got a chip on him sh- on his shoulder. Oh, he does for sure. Um, I think Kansas City's a better team, but I would, especially as a Raider fan, I would rather see Tampa Bay win. Which actually is a bit tricky because the last time the Raiders were in the Super Bowl 20 years ago, Tampa Bay embarrassed the shit out of the Raiders. So I can see why Raider fans wouldn't <laughs> like Tampa Bay, but I'd rather see, Oh, well, and Tom Brady Raider fans hate him because the tuck rule screwed the Raiders. So I guess Raider fans have quite a, a good reason not to cheer for the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, but with the chiefs being our division rival, um, I would definitely like to see the Buccaneers. So I'm I'm going with the Chiefs, but I would happily be wrong. Okay. Interesting. If do you think Brady retires if uh if he doesn't win? No. No, um I think he wants to keep playing. I think this is like though like perfect writing for the NFL. This is like a changing of the guard, you know, like yeah, like the the goat handing his torch off to the next dominant quarterback, right? Which seems to be Mahomes right now. Oh yeah, and honestly, I think 
um, I think Brady will come back, even if they win, maybe. No shit. Wow. I mean, he can still do it. You know, and oh, pretty crazy. He's like 43. Right. Like, that's it, it's impressive. But, you know, uh, it'll be nice once it's over because I enjoy football, but I'm also happy when the season ends and it's focused on hockey. Yeah. The more, the, the far superior sport, that's for sure. Yeah, and once football's over, there's more, uh, you know, noon Saturday and Sunday games on NBC. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm in. Um, that being said, get into the hip check. Yeah, buddy. This is the Hockey Troll Hip Check. All right, Caps fans, I'm hitting you with a little bit of knowledge. I've actually done about five to ten minutes worth of research here for this segment. So that's some expensive time that you guys are just getting for free. Um, This segment is all about goaltending in D.C. And if you want to be a longstanding goaltender in D.C., you've got to steal the net. It's a, it's it's just a bloodbath out there. You gotta you gotta eviscerate your competition and take the net away. Um, this is kind of something that I was started thinking about as I was like thinking about this the Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek situation, and how I think that Vanacek has effectively stolen. I think he's the starter. I think that there's no way that you could take the starter net away from him now, unless yeah. he shits hard gets injured or whatever that may be, right? Right. So this goes all the way back. Like, so I traced it all the way back to like, you know, at least a somewhat familiar uh, past to the 1997-98 season. Uh, Ranford, so he was the backup at the time, um, got injured. And Kolzig, friend of the podcast, Oli Kolzig, shout out Oli, uh, took over and and literally didn't look back for like a decade. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, it's quite the chance, uh, thing. Kolzig was a AHL stud for several years, much like VTech and, uh, Ranford gets injured and then Kolzig took over and boom, there he is. And then 10 years later, uh, we find him in 2008 and things are, He's at the end of his his last contract with the Caps, and things are up in the air. So, you know, eventually in 2008, in the 2007-2008 season, Kolzig kind of gradually lost his net to the deadline acquisition Cristobal Hewitt, uh, who got greedy and walked in 2008 because the Caps wouldn't give him any money, or the money that he, he thought he deserved. Kolzig eventually walked that summer as well for a one-year deal in Tampa Bay. Uh, we talked about that when, when Ole's been on the show before. So check back in, uh, the, what is that, season one? Season one? Has he been on season two? Early season two? Um, mm, yeah, I think it was yeah. in December. Okay, yeah. So, you know, interesting stuff there. So to fill that gap, uh, Jose Theodore, Theodore, was signed in free agency after Kolzig was traded. Taylor then 
makes it into the 2010 season. And, you know, we don't need to go into details as to what happened in 2010. Uh, but Varlamov ends up stealing that from Teodor and then back and forth. And, like, at this point, Caps fans going into the 2010-2011 season are just, who's our starting goaltender? Nobody fucking knows. Nobody knows. Um, you know, that summer, it looked like uh, Varlamov's future was bright. You know, as he stole it, he, he effectively kind of stole the net from, from Teodor and everything was looking good. Um, but, you know, Varley also kind of got injured in 2009 and was eventually usurped by Newverth. So skipping ahead all the way to like the legitimate 2010 and uh, season. A good word there. What? Usurped. I like, usurped. I like that. Yeah. I know my I know my English. Um, yeah, proud of you. <laughs> so moving on, Nuver started the entire 2010-2011 season, but was then demoted the very next season in lieu of Vokun, who did well but got injured before the 2012 playoffs. Incidentally, Nuverth was also injured. Guess who shows up in the timeline now? Braden, motherfucking Holt Beast. All right, Lord and Savior. The Beast himself. Funny note, at the start of the 2012-2013 season, I remember this distinctly. Neuverth was so cocky. He was like, I think I'm the best goalie in the organization right now. I'm going to be the starter, hands down. And look, you know what? When you're in a position where so many people are looking at you to be like solid, I understand you got to be a little bit confident in yourself. But I thought mm-hmm. he was borderline cocky with this, uh, with this arrogant statement. Um, yeah. So he's talking all sorts of shit. He's going to be the starter. Spoiler alert. Never saw the starter job again. Holpe out, outplays him. And that's history, right? Uh, so finally we're in present times, right? Holpe goes, wins a cup, 2018, blah, blah, blah. Samsonov, Samsonov comes in a year before Holpe leaves. He's, you know, being groomed for the position. Everybody knows it. Holpe walks. Uh, the beginning of this, well, you know, last year, Sammy becomes the de facto starter. Okay, boom, injury from for Sammy. You know, he got injured in the bubble. VTech kind of like, you know, hey, what's up, guys? Doesn't get any playing time because we were out in the first round. Shitty. Um, but start of the season, Sammy plays. VTech plays. The net isn't quote unquote guaranteed to anyone. The starter job is not secure for anyone. And VTech ends up outplaying Sammy. Then Sammy gets this 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 COVID thing. He gets COVID. And now it looks like it is straight up VTech's net. So <clears throat> I know that was a lot to throw at you. I hope I hope you guys are following along and keeping up. But to to really like summarize that, other than Vokun Samsonov and Teodor, every other goalie has had to steal the net for the cap since 1998-97-98. So to clarify, of the last nine torch passes, like instances where like a starter to- passed the torch, uh, only three instances of that uh, were just given to the goalie. Um, and the longest time that that goalie lasted, which would be Vokun, Sammy, and Teodor, is the maximum, the longest time was a year, right? So Sam Samsonov's tenure lasted less than a year. Vokun's 
I mean, shit, Samsonas lasted like what a week, <laughs> two weeks. Uh, Teodors lasted most of a season. Vokuns lasted most of a season until the playoffs. Um, and you know, we were just uh, they were just talking about in one of the last broadcasts. Like Vokun is the only goalie to start undefeated seven victories in a row at the beginning of the season for the Caps. And that season ended up terribly, but at the same time, I mean, that's, that's the type of tendies, the tending that you're getting here. So all in all, I mean, it's a dog eat dog world. And in the, the words of the infamous notorious B.I.G., you know, fuck the world. Don't ask me for shit. Everything you get, you got to work hard for it. Wise words. Uh, yeah, that's you know that that is quite a lot. You know, I I had one comment on Samsonov. It's almost like he had a an. Um, it's almost like he kind of did steal the net from Holpe, um, and that's kind of like why they let Holpe walk. I think because he, you know, he showed promise and he, he was getting a lot more time last season. I. I think it was not as clean of a steal, but it was it was kind of like a, an assumed steal. Like this is going to happen, so we're going to let yeah. Holpe go. Yeah, and I agree with you. Like I think, but I think that was like more of management trying to t- trying to toil away and like turn some screws and make it happen. Right? I mean, this was management's yeah. plan. Get rid of Holpe. He's going to be too expensive, and he's not had a couple two years after winning the cup and even the year that we won the cup, he didn't, you know, the last three years have been a slide for him. Let's get him out of here. Let's bring in fresh blood. Let's get him a year with Samsonov. Let's get him, you know, coached up Samsonov that is. And then who's going to take over, you know, he, some, I was, I guess the, the, the point was that, you know, and to your point too, Samsonov's the only one that's been groomed to be a starter I mean, you could say Teodor and Vokun were, but they were just like off. There were UFA acquisitions, right? Veteran goalies coming to to basically plug a hole, and they were given yeah. the keys to the castle. This was uh, for the first time. Samsonov is the guy that is like he's in the farm system. He's going to come up and he's going to be our guy. The last time I can think of that happening was <laughs> Newver, who led the Bears to back to back Calder trophies came up and he wasn't bad but just straight up got outplayed by Holpe. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I like what we're seeing out of VTech, so hopefully this is the last net steal we see for a while. Yeah, and I mean, you tell me. Does and this kind of like leads into your segment, but like I'm looking at like another team you follow, the Avalanche. They've just been picking up UFA goalies or trading for goalies, they've been they've been doing it by acquisition and just like kind of like setting it in that goalie's lap and just saying, well, we're just going to be stuck with you for a year or two. Let's hope you pan out and be the next Patrick Waugh, which has yet to happen. You know, Grubauer is good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't I don't know if I could call him the next Patrick Waugh. Um, whereas like every goalie in D.C. has had to f- just fight tooth and nail to get that spot. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the Avalanche definitely, they just keep, they, they keep trying to find the guy instead of, you know, uh, developing for sure. And I think the Capitals way has been more successful for sure. 
And I think that's the right way to do it, especially with goalies, unless, you know, someone like Henrik Lundqvist becomes a free agent, you know, right. then yeah, you make, you make that move. But definitely I, I think it, it's good to see that the caps have that kind of depth with their organization and, uh, you know, hopefully they keep it going because, you know, goalies don't last forever. Yeah. And I mean, within those, uh, the pedigree is good. Uh, I mean, with those of the, 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 you know, from 1998 to now, you know, I'm not saying that this is like a huge accomplishment, but, um, Holpe and Kolzig have both won the Vesna. And yeah. lo and behold, they're the longest tenured goalies who have fought tooth and nail to get this spot, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I think it is interesting because I, I never really thought about it, but it's it's so natural because, you know, it's like I said, dog eat dog. You got to go out there and prove yourself and, and you got to go steal the net to be a guy. You got you want you know, if you want to go make a name for yourself, you've got to you got to take it off somebody else. And the interesting part from a management side is that I think that the Capitals have done a brilliant job of managing their goaltending talent um, since Colzig. Really, I think that they've done a good job not overpaying goalies uh, for a long term. Like if they do overpay, it's like for a year or two. And, you know, when they move on, they just move on. And we've gotten lucky slash, you know, done some really good scouting on tendies. And we've been luckily able to like land Newverth and then Holtby, you know, and now Samsonov and then Vitek Vanacek. I mean, these are all all four of those guys were drafted by us. Yeah, I mean that's that's just good scouting, good work, mm-hmm. it, and you know that's what it takes to to be successful. And uh, you know maybe maybe we're building towards another cup. You know once this core is gone, yeah, um, you know the, the next generation. Sure, and you know once we when the advantage of having these young goalies is that you don't have to pay them a lot. And when they're when they're going to get paid for past performances, when you when you kick them out, you know you just don't resign them. And so, uh, you you want you want to see Vtech as the guy, right? I want to see the best guy, but I think that the best guy is Vtech. I agree. I I think um, I think he's proving himself to be to be pretty solid. So. Last season when we were doing this podcast, you know, I told you, like, first two weeks Samsonov got his starts, did not like. I was very critical of him, thought he had happy feet, moving around too much in the crease, couldn't track the puck very well, uh, especially it was in close. Um, He's kind of a big, lanky, awkward dude, right? I mean, I think I've told you that, right? Yeah. Well, I think that coming back after being off for so long, like not being able to participate in the bubble, uh, having a long summer off, maybe he didn't do enough work or whatever. Uh, and then COVID and everything, whatever that looks like, whatever that means. Uh, I think that he kind of reverted back to his old happy feet ways where he wasn't tracking the puck well, making bad mental decisions. You know, he's, he caused a turnover for a loss on the Pittsburgh game. Um, not his fault entirely by any means, but if he wouldn't have, made some a couple mental you know 
errors, he probably we probably would have won some a game against Pittsburgh. One game. Uh, yeah. So watching VTech, he just seems so much more calm and is just a hundred percent ready to own this situation. Now again. You know, VTech has been toiling away in the lower leagues for like four or five years now. I think VTech Vanacek's 25. I think Sammy's like 20, 21. So he's got some years of just maturity, just life experience on him, on Samsonov. Yeah, and, and he's probably hungry. Yeah, and he's he's been passed over, right? I mean, you know, VTech was drafted um, – before Samsonov, I think uh, I'll have to I'll have to check that out. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think uh, I think for now, yes, he's the guy. Barring an injury or a major fuck up, yeah, I think he's going to get the the bulk of the harder starts. Yeah, I I'd have to agree with you on that, and excited to see where it goes. He um, well, he tied Jim Carrey for having uh, points in his seven first starts as a rookie. Yep. Uh, and by the time this drops, that could be eight. Yeah, and he was drafted in 2014, the second round, 39th overall by the Caps. VTech was. Um, I'm looking up Sammy right now, but, but yeah. So, yeah, so Sammy's 23, but uh, he was drafted. Let's see. But, you know, Sammy was playing in the in the, in the the Russian leagues, the KHL, for a while, and he spent like a one year over in, uh, or in, in the A with the, with the Bears. So, should we move on? Are you okay, Polly? Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were getting ready to say his draft. Oh, 2015, so one year after. Okay, so it's not as drastic um, as you had initially thought. No, but VTech I think, came right over. Yeah. Oh, it's Where, just you were saying Samsonov was drafted and then waited. Yeah, like 2015, 2016, VTech was went from the Czech... Like, he played World Juniors with the Czech Republic, but... He was uh, basically he was a bear and a, and a stingray. Two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen. That's like five years. Then being with yeah. the bears, and then the caps and the bears and the stingrays all kind of like as a uh, as a combination. Whereas Samsonov was playing pro hockey until you know in Russia until two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, I really. Uh... You know, I think VTech has struggled more. You know, it's like Samsonov has played at that higher level, so he he's got the expectations that come with his name from management. Whereas VTech has been proving himself over and over again. Yeah, and, and another thing though is that VTech also has had the luxury of seeing the North American game for an extra three years. True. I don't know how much that differs. I'm sure that the talent's a lot better in the AHL or a little bit better than the, but the, you know, the size of the ice, the physicality, like everything else, you know, the speed. Yeah. So, 
just definitely, definitely an interesting, uh, I just had this thought and I was like looking into it as to why, like, man, I feel like every goaltender has really just had to fight for their fight. Like it's like a battle Royale last man standing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the kind of shit that coaches love. I'm sure management loves it. You know, cause you, you you're probably going to get your best out of these guys when they're battling for it. Yeah. It's like, it's like the Joker just snapping a pool stick and said, we're having tryouts. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that scene is nuts. Dude. Have you, or, and here's another one. Um, have you seen, do you know the show Futurama? You've, you've seen that. Yeah. Okay. So there's this episode in Futurama where, um, where Fry drinks, he's got to deliver a package through this desert planet and he drinks a bottle of liquid cause he's like about to die or whatever. Uh, at this throne room and it ends up being the king of this civilization who's like water people, liquid people. Okay. And to like, to, to do all of like, so then when you drink the king, you become the king. Okay. All right. And so to like for the, for to become and stay king, you have to be inaugurated and, at the inauguration, you have to be like, you have to name every single king that the planet's ever had, and and tell who that king was drunk by. And I felt like that's how it was when I was just doing this whole segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just consuming your uh, predecessor. Exactly. Right. All yeah. right. Well, we've droned on long enough. Let's take a break. Let's check out our internal promo. Let's let's look at another podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, and we'll come back with snack time. What do you think, Paulie? Uh, first of all, props to you for remembering on your own. And, uh, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> all right, here we go. And now, the starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast, Tom Franklin. And the man called Wags. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes. I am one half of your Blue Notes team, Tom Franklin, joined by my teammates, the man called Wags. And we are your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. And that includes expert analysis, whether it's at Enterprise Center. When you're fighting for spots for the playoffs, one or two points could make the difference. And we'll be looking back at games like tonight here at Enterprise Center as lost opportunities. Or at home. Penalties, that was a big, big piece. You know, you're wearing down some of your best players because they're out on the, the ice for so many penalty kill opportunities. Just a complete breakdown. Blues first round pick, Jake Neighbors. Brayden Chan texted me, and then uh, the head coach, Craig Berube, reached out as well, and um, Ryan O'Reilly as well. And then um, the next day on day two of the draft, uh, Tarasenko FaceTimed me. So uh, that was pretty cool. So. <laughs> and we're the only hockey podcast in the Hockey Podcast Network to have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent. The Hawaii Blues fan, Guy Bensing. In true Dan Kelly fashion, Dan Kelly says, F you, Keaton. 
I know who's the starting pitcher for game four of the World Series. You damn well know who the starting goalie is for game four of the NHL season. And then walked away. And we have a musician, too. Not only is he responsible for this fat beat you're listening to right now, but he has also performed absolute works of art. And it seems to me you played the game with a candle to your ear. Never wanting to leave the eyes when the pain set in. So check out Blue Notes wherever you get your podcasts from. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump. Listen to Blue Notes and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Oh, um, almost took a nap during that one. Not that it was <laughs> boring, just like so long and good. <laughs> uh, the the voices are soothing. Yeah, just like, um, like silk, like butter. Yeah, yeah, butter. Yeah, man. All right, Polly. So, are you gonna are you gonna lift us up before we let all, all of our caps caps chirp faithful go for another week of domination? Yeah. Oh, and, gonna, and speaking of which, about... oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go uh, ahead. So, speaking of which, I've been on t- like during that commercial break i was on twitter looking around and uh blue shirts banter has some uh um has independently verified a couple sources that said that there there were some worrying um three separate sources independently confirmed a blue shirt banner that there is concern at various levels of the organization regarding d'angelo's treatment of rookie defenseman k andre miller Um, sources did not wish to go on the record with specific examples, but indicated that there was an issue that caught the attention and ire of multiple players in the organization. Additionally, sources say tension has been building up in the locker room prior to the incident on Saturday night. Well, good for them for taking action. (sighs) Yeah. Fuck them. Fuck them to death. Yep. Um, and not the fun way. Okay, Polly. <laughs> Fuck, man. Tell us about your goddamn segment, Polly. All right. Cue me in. All right, here we go. Snack time with Polly Cupcakes. Mmm, it's snack time with Polly Cupcakes. <laughs> Okay, so first of all, let me say how ridiculous it was. It took me like four or five searches to get this information because for whatever reason, NHL.com, ESPN, Hockey Reference, they weren't listing hits and blocked shots on their stats for the teams. So finally, trusty TSN, of course they have it, um, I found... The information I needed, because I am talking about how I think um, this year's team 
Uh, it's going to be harder to keep a roster spot than in a typical NHL season and for a typical NHL team. Um, sure. You know, it, it. first of all, we've got a lot of accomplished guys going on right now. So a lot of these guys are cup winners from 2018. And then you've got Justin Schultz, Chara, uh, Haglin, Dylan, not Dylan, Haglin, um, and uh, Sheary. You know, they're all cup winners who, you know, have been added since, well, no, Haglin won with us. But anyway, um, a lot of cup winners, a lot of veteran experience. And even though they are potentially, and I think they are, the oldest team in the league. Um, you know, just some of the, some of the, uh, some of the scratches that have been happening, you know, TVR has had very limited games he's played this year and then he scores a goal. Um, Justin Schultz, you know, he, he puts up a bunch of points and then he goes down injured. Um, you know, what's going to happen when he comes back? TVR just found himself on the score sheet. Um, Siegenthaler. Is he going to go out of the lineup when Orlov is back? You know, I just think that the, there's so much competition for spots this year that um, I think we are going to see a lot of guys get healthy scratched that may not be healthy scratched if they were playing for another team. Sure. I mean, I think that the Caps uh, – and, you know, Justin Schultz was even saying, like, is this the uh, – he was asked, is this the – deepest team defensively you've ever been on and he was like oh for sure undoubtedly this is i mean you're fucking you're you're playing on a team with zidane ochara two norris trophy winners or i'm sorry a norris trophy winner and then a a a um a a snuffed norris trophy winner in john carlson i uh, i would say yeah i mean nobody's thoughts safe spots safe except for maybe john carlson's um, yeah, I could see Orlov going to taxi. I mean, I feel like that's half punishment for being for going against the fucking team. You know, you can't do that to Ovi for obvious reasons, and he showed you that as to why you can't bench Ovi um, right. in this last game as he nets the, the OT winner twenty eight seconds in off a of insane snipe. Th- though I, you know, I don't think anybody else is really off off the table other than maybe JC. You're probably not going to bench five people on that team, but right. You got to think. You know, it's funny. I've been, I've been um, reading that that uh, the game by Ken Dryden, mm-hmm. uh, and he talks. There's a whole ch- like half chapter about um, Scotty Bowman. You know, pro- by far the best coach in probably the the modern era and beyond. You know, mm-hmm. he would say Bowman would just fucking bench guys, and it wouldn't be for the because of anything personal. It was just or how they performed. It was just he wanted another guy's skill set out there for the next team, the next team they had up. You know, uh, the yeah. next whatever. You know, it could have been a number of things as to why they sat him. The effort level wasn't there. He maybe he looked tired. Whatever. Or maybe you know you're switching out a Chara for a 
for an Orlov, right? A little bit more of a puck mover versus a big body or, you know, or, a, um, you know, I think Nick Jensen has kind of gotten a unfair shake at it. I think that he's kind of on the bubble. I think he's a fine defenseman. I just don't think that at that on that team, he's not, he's, he's uh, kind of the skill set of several others. And if you're going to put Nick Jensen versus Justin Schultz and you want offensive power, I think that you're going to go Justin Schultz all the way. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, so 100% agree. And I think that goes to the forwards as well. Like Sheary, um, Carr, Scarbosa, all these young guys have, like Vitek Vanacek, and we just talked about, have been toiling away in the minors even longer than Vitek has. You know, these are guys who have <clears throat> been shit on because just through no fault of their own, they're great play. They, they could be good players, and the Caps have kept them around because that's the case uh, for for whatever it may be, trade bait, whatever. But you're looking at a top six of like Nick Backstrom, Kuznetsov, uh, Lars Eller, and like a Nick Dowd. Like you're gonna have to have insane injuries to even get just sniff the jockstrap of a of a NHL game night, right? As a forward, yeah, especially. Yeah, looking at Nick Jensen, he's played six games. He's got a point. Um, he's even. But, you know, where I'm seeing his value is he, uh, he, he's he got nine blocks. He's got 11 hits. He's got a takeaway. Like, you know, that would be something that would keep – I feel like that is definitely worthy of staying in the game, staying on the lineup. But um, – that that's just not going to be good enough this season because right. of depth. Yeah, um, and I mean, you know, I like Siegenthaler's game. I think he's a young, peppy, big guy who gets gets in there physically, but also is a decent puck mover. Uh, so, but he's younger too, so he's got a little bit more, a little bit more piss and vinegar in him, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, he's got a he's got a little bit of an attitude, and I think that's you know that's a good thing. Um, you know, looking at what he's done so far this year, you know, five games, he's minus three, uh, six hits, 10 blocks. You know, he's, I, I said that's been pretty average, but he looks good out on the ice. I feel like he's moving the puck. Well, um, you right. know, I think if you're looking at stats, he's not looking too great in that situation, but you know, Chara leads the team with 16 blocks, uh, including the one he took off the face the other night. Um, you know, Chara, Carlson, Schultz, another one took it off the face. They're, they're the top three in, in blocked shots. Um, and those three have been instrumental in the offensive game. So, you know, I feel like those three have a pretty solid spot. Um, but I agree with you, Orlov might see some, some healthy time on the bench and it, it, there's enough, there is enough depth there that the team can afford it. And, uh, you know, again, that's just what I'm, you know, in a roundabout way trying to talk about here is that these guys are really, really going to have to work for it this season. Um, Sure. And I think, but I think it's less that, and, you know, so I agree and you're right, 100%. But I think it's a lot less. They're going to, like, I don't think that the players themselves are thinking, 
oh man, I've really got to work for this to get to the next level. It's like, holy, they're, I think they're wide-eyed and they're saying, holy fuck, I finally have an opportunity to come and play for the big club here. Yeah, yeah, I just feel like, you know, for some of these guys who are a little more established, like, the way I'm looking is if I were in the situation, I'd be like, holy fuck, what do I got to do to have a secure spot? You know, if, if I when I was playing for so-and-so before I came to Washington, the way I'm playing right now would be perfectly fine. And I, I just, you know, I I think Lavillette's going to come in and he's going to want – he wants to make a splash. He's got that history. He wants to stick with that. And whether, you know, whether that's exactly what he's aiming for or it's just in his nature, I think he – you know, he doesn't have any friends on the team coming in. Sure. You know, he, he, it's a new thing for him, so – I think he's going to come in and he's going to do exactly what he thinks needs done. He's not going to worry about egos. He's not going to worry about feelings. I think the only guys who are really safe, um, you know, probably Wilson Backstrom, Carlson, OV. And it looks like he's pretty big on Chara. You know, I think he's going to, I think it'd be a lot for Chara to get scratched or disciplined. Um, And like I said, you know, he, um, he's leading the team in block shots and he's number five on the team in hits and he's got 14 hits in seven games. It's, you know, it's pretty big for, um, for a guy in his forties, including one where big body Anders Lee tried to hit him and Chara just reverse hit and just put him flat on his back. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, you're looking at guys like speaking of the Hershey depth and the taxi squad depth, Daniel Carr and Michael Scarbosa. Daniel Carr is 26. Scarbosa, 28. Like, they are chomping. This They have been toiling. You know, they've had good AHL careers. Like, I can't. They've made it farther than I have ever even dreamt of sniffing the jockstrap of a position, right, in hockey. Right? You too. Yeah. And I I just, uh, I mean, and so they they're they're like... Fuck, I mean, I'm, imagine them right now, like delusions of grandeur or whatever you want to call it, thinking, shooting for the stars, this could be their year. You know, they get in 30, 40 games, 20 games, you know, or I'm sorry, tw- 10, 20 games. They go with the team to the playoffs. They win a cup. They're Stanley Cup champions. Right. You know, this could, this is, I if I'm, if I'm Scarbosa, especially a 28-year-old, uh, guy here, I'm, I'm probably going to be like, all right, this could be my last shot, you know? Yeah. And, you know, just to go off what you said about VTech, you know, those guys have more life experience, even if they don't have the NHL experience. So that kind of puts some pressure on some of the younger guys who, um, you know, some guys who may think, oh, this guy hasn't played much, you know, I definitely have have the upper hand on him. These guys have years of life that that kind of like even the playing field. Um, and then even back to goalie, you know, they got Craig Anderson just waiting, right. waiting for someone to screw up. And then even Phoenix Copley, you know, if they needed him, you know, he's already had NHL shutouts. So I think that uh, I think we are blessed with uh uh abundance is is what i'm thinking here uh yeah, and, and you insane know insane depth and i think that the past couple 
games have really shown. You know, we played with our with half of our top ten and still went three and zero on the week. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brian Pinho, he's or Pino, he's been he's been sent down the team's taxi squad. We're not really sure if he's injured or not, but uh, you know, I think that Lavi is going to utilize her Brooks style, not the best players possibly, but the right ones. And I think that he's got a good, I cannot argue with his deployment as of now. I don't think that, I don't think anybody can. I don't think anybody really even other than the coaching staff has that grip on how the boys are fucking playing and, and has that pulse on the team because it's impossible to have. Well, you know, that that's hard to get without watching a team for like over a year anyways, but, or at least months, but like, you know, he's got that because he's closest to the situation and that's generally how it is. But like, you know what I mean? Like you watch a team for a month or two, you can see like, okay, this guy maybe is a weak link, but I don't know mm-hmm. if we're ever going to see that because I think Lavi's done a good job of like, all right, maybe this guy's dogging it in practice. Fucking sit him. You know, I don't know if yeah. it's that authoritarian, but or maybe he and and I don't know again. Maybe he sits everybody down at the beginning of the week and says, "Here's where my depth charts are for the rest of the for the rest of the week." So change my mind. Yeah, I mean, like it might be the kind of thing where he he's gonna catch it. He's gonna catch an issue before we can even see it. Um, like, yeah, he he he'll he'll catch it in practice. He'll you know he'll notice something on film that, that the average fan doesn't notice, and then. You know, boom! It's like he's scratching guys that you wouldn't think should be scratched, and uh, that does, you know, that that Herb Brooks comment that makes a lot of sense. You know, he's just gonna he's gonna be ruthless, and he's gonna plug guys in based on what the team needs. There's at least one thing I think that we can all agree on here, and that's that. The Caps are playing on a fucking mission. I mean, they haven't been perfect. They haven't been perfect, you know. I think that we can – We've they've definitely not been. You know, the two losses to Pittsburgh, uh, you know, that stung. The Who else? OT lost to Buffalo. That was shit. Um, yeah. But at the same time, we're getting points and – the guys, the 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 team looks fresh and good every night. I, I they don't look tired. I can't say that they've ever looked tired yet, which is good, you know, because you'd think uh, maybe if you're if you're looking fatigued this early in the season with an old team, you're fucked, right? I thought they looked tired a little bit at the beginning of the second Buffalo game in in Buffalo. Okay, um, but that was only the second game of the season. Right. That's the only time I've noticed, um, and I thought it was a little bit of a hangover coming off of the, the, the opening night win. Sure. But other than that, I thought, yeah, I, I think they've looked energized and and uh, full of piss and vinegar. Yeah, and, and I think that the balancing act that Lavi is going to need to play here is like keeping those levels high by personnel changes in and out of the taxi squad and – being up front with the boys and saying, "Look, this shit ain't personal, man. We just gotta, we gotta all take our licks, whether it be on the bench or on the ice. You know, do everything for the team here." And I think that, I think that's what he's doing. So, I will say that I don't think there's any lack of effort or lack of of trying on both the coaching staff and 
the the players themselves. I think that everybody's really <laughs> giving it their all, if you will. For sure. Um, you know, since I pulled it up, I'm just going to say, you know, team leader in hits is Tom Wilson, 34. Surprise, surprise. Uh, <laughs> but the, the second is, is Ponick. He's got 24 hits in nine games. Dude's a beast. I'm so yeah. pumped about Ponick getting a little bit of a top six role. You know, he's not like a big points getter yet. Yet. I say that yet. But he does all the good detail work. I think that he's done. He's really, he's really, obviously, Laviolette has seen him and said, I think that you're worthy of this. Uh, you need to think about it too. And he's gone out and performed as well as he could. I've always thought Ponick was a good player, good possession player for sure. Um, great for checker and defensively responsible uh, for being, you know, a winger. But I think the thing that really, I think catches people's eyes is that he is a, a gifted finisher. Like he's the type of guy that can take a shot from the top of circles and score in the NHL. He doesn't do it often because he doesn't get a lot of uh, opportunity. And I think that his role has been kind of, not so much reduced in on a line of giants, but just kind of overshadowed a bit in the sense that he's primarily there on the on the top six to create space, a la Tom Wilson in his younger years, where he maybe wasn't finishing as much, but he was out there just like bullying people, making space for the big guys, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I like that comparison. Um, yeah. And I, I think he's, he's, he's worked for it and carved out himself a piece on this team and I think uh, the team's definitely better when he's on the ice. Yeah, and they've the Caps have given him a pretty long contract, you know, a few years. So what I want to see from Pon- what I would love to see from Ponick is him getting some rewards for his hard work, you know, putting a few behind the goal, you know, finding Twine a couple times and some and some highlight reel uh, goals because I think he's got twenty in him uh, on an eighty game season. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him do like ten. 15 in his accelerated role this uh, this year. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, but, you know, I guess to sum it all up, uh, it's going to be similar to um, the goalie situation, you know. People are going to have the opportunity to steal ice time. And I think Laviolette is going to leave that open all season long. I do too. I do too, man. And he's got an embarrassment of riches on that, on that, uh, which we've shown on that lineup. So, you know, can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see, I'm pretty excited. I think, and you know, you were telling me that you're like super excited to watch the caps versus, uh, your other team, your other turncoat team, the avalanche. I, I agree, man. I think that the caps are playing some really good fucking hockey. I mean, they're, they're playing, you know they're tape to tape a lot. Their break their breakouts when they're doing well are like you know momentary uh, transitions. I mean they're super fast. They're getting into the mm. they're getting north south or you know absolutely the way that you should be. I mean they're playing Lavulette uh, Lavulette system. So yeah, I'm I'm it's excited just- to see it and I like everything that he's done. I'm gonna be honest. Right now I like most of the things that he's done, if not everything. I can't think of a single thing where I'm like, man, why'd you do that? Honestly. 
Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, yeah, it's it's just fun, exciting hockey, and um, you know, I know it's very early on, and I'm not trying to be, and I told you so, kind of situation. But can we all agree that we're glad we hired Laviolette and not Gallant? Come on, I fucking am. I and I knew, that, I, know I knew that Gallant would not have been a good fit. Quite a few people ripped into me on Twitter about me wanting Laviolette instead of, instead of Gallant and come on, Gallant just wasn't our guy. And, uh, you know, unless something drastic happens, I think Laviolette gets these guys. He, he understands the team and he, uh, I think he's good for the organization at this point in time. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, if you, we've already, already ripped on like all these idiots who think that Gallant was the right guy. It's obviously fake. That's fake news. And, um, I'm glad I'm, you know, I'm gushing right now. I'm hoping that the Caps are going to do well. Can't wait to see uh, them get tested by an actual team. You know, like to see the second game of the Bruins. I know that that's already passed by this time, but that'll think I think that'll be really telling. And then Philly. You know, I think Philly is one of those teams that is dangerous. So, you know, we'll we'll see, man. I'm just I'm I'm pumped about the Caps this year. Same Z's. All right, we've been blabbing for an hour. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Polly? Um, no. Go Caps, go Bucks. All right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Go Caps. If you like the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, please give us five stars. Five stars only. And, uh, I don't know, chirp us on Twitter. Say hi. Do, do the yeah. thing. Be social. We don't bite. Be friends with us. (laughs) All right. Until next time, Caps fans, Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Troll podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at CupcakePolly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.